It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. It's Tuesday morning. Jill Welke's back here at it with you. And it's going to be a great sunny day. Let's take advantage of our blast, kind of, I'm thinking maybe our last blast of the summer with our temperature today reaching 84. Predicted to reach 84 degrees, humid and partly sunny. Tonight, 57. Tomorrow, 68, breezy and partial sun. And tomorrow night, down to 44. Thursday and Friday, both at 61, partly sunny and getting cooler. I think they know that the weather, the calendar is about to change into the fall season. We've got a lot of stuff to cover this morning. We're going to talk about uh, my adventure that I was on on Friday up to UW River Falls with uh, an announcement by DATCAP Secretary Randy Romanski and the staff at UW River Falls about grant money that's being used from the Meat Talent Development Program. We're also going to go over our crop progress report both nationwide and here in Wisconsin. We're going to be hearing from Pam as she talked to Don Boosie from the National Egg Statistics Service and, you know, getting what farmers are planting out there and encouraging you to look in your mailboxes towards the end of the year for information that you need to fill out. Um not as many adventures yesterday. I did process some chickens when I got home, which sounds kind of funny. But, you know, enjoying a little bit of that sunshine and getting out there and, you know, just soaking up the last bits of I, the last bits of summer before we flip that calendar over into fall. And I know that the sectional FFA sectional leadership workshops have started. Yesterday they were in Spooner. Today they'll be in Osseo, and then Wednesday they're going to be in Whitehall. I'm planning on heading on down there and visiting with those kids a little bit just to check out what that's been. You know, it's been a few years since I went to the sectional leadership workshops for office FFA officers at the chapter level. And I think it's just good to know that they are getting out there and learning from each other and, you know, getting those jobs put together as officers to help lead the chapters. That's a little bit what's on my mind. It was much nicer driving in this morning. The fog wasn't there, but boy, was there a light show in the sky with all the, with all the lightning. There was a little bit of rain over the week, over in the overnight, but my house was pretty, pretty much dry. And yes, I do have a rain gauge out now, but it was empty this morning, so apparently it didn't get enough to even measure. So that's a little bit about what we're going to be doing. we got a lot of chores to get done, but let's get it rolling with some of our chores, and and uh, let's get this morning started with at Wax 104.5 and the Farm Show. I don't know if I mentioned, Jill Welke is here with you this morning. Bob is taking a day to spend some extra time with his son, who's back from um, leave, and and just getting some of that quality time in there. But here we are at 5 o'clock. Let's hear what the national news has to say. (laughs) 
NBC News Radio. I'm Mark Mayfield. World leaders are gathering in New York City this week for the United Nations General Assembly. The annual gathering of heads of state comes after COVID restrictions prohibited in-person attendance over the past two years. The meeting this year takes place amid the war in Ukraine, global inflation, and ever-increasing climate and extreme weather events. President Biden is expected to address the General Assembly Wednesday. The Senate Minority Leader says President Biden is in fantasy land about the economy. He suggested, quote, we're growing the economy. It's growing in a way that it hasn't in years and years. Mitch McConnell said the economy is actually worse now than during the Trump presidency. He said Democratic policies have caused the economy to shrink. The Kentucky Republican cited shrinkflation as prices go up, but sizes of packages decrease. So the dollar goes even less far. Residents of Jackson, Mississippi are taking action over the city's recent water crisis. Brian Shook reports. A class action lawsuit has been filed against the city and local officials alleging years of neglect. It seeks financial damages and asks the court to force the city to repair its water system. Last week, Jackson had clean water restored after a weeks-long boil water advisory that stemmed from the city's main system failing. I'm Brian Shook. Hurricane Fiona now a major Category 3 storm as it approaches the Turks and Caicos Islands with 115-mile-per-hour winds. This after the system left behind catastrophic flooding and widespread power outages in Puerto Rico. At least two people are confirmed dead. The Biden administration is promising to help as more than 300 FEMA workers are helping to restore power and fix damage on the island. Fiona also made landfall in the Dominican Republic on Monday. And the Philadelphia Eagles are off to a 2-0 start to the season after blowing out the Minnesota Vikings 24-7 in Philadelphia on Monday night. You are listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And we'll look a little bit at the temperatures around the area. But it is a very sober day as Sheriff Kramer is going to be laid to rest. And, you know, I met him out on... (laughs) He never chased me and I was never caught by him. But I met him out at parades and stuff. And boy, he always had a smile on his face. And he's going to believe a big hole in just society here in Eau Claire. And, and he was just a really, really great guy. Any encounter that I had with him. Temperatures around the area. Eau Claire's at 64. Medford's at 59. Rice Lake's at 63. Wausau's at 61. Mostly cloudy. Green Bay's at 59 and clear. Marshfield's at 61 with rain. La Crosse is at 69. Madison Milwaukee are both at 64 and mostly clear. And as I said before, weather today, high of 84 and humid and partial sun. And tonight's low is only going to be 57. Tomorrow, we're going to, bottom's going to fall out of our highs and we're going to top out at 68, breezy and partial sun. So really, you know, our fall is coming in with a little bit of a vengeance. I think it is, but, you know, it's right where it's supposed to be. We're a little bit spoiled here with our last weather. We're going to be looking at some markets, and then we're going to be going on to farm news. But we need to get some more of those chores done. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our farm markets are brought to us by Rural Mutual Insurance. We're going to start out with our cash livestock. Choice fed steers are 135 to 156 with mixed at 111 to 134. Choice fed beef heifers are 135 to 154 with mixed at 90 to 134. Choice fed Holstein steers are 126 to 138 with select and silage fed steers 110 to 125. Cows are 72 to 98 with bulls at 75 to 113. Butcher hogs are 70 to 103 with sows at 32 to 64. Boars are 25 to 38 and a half. Shorn market lambs are 95 to 110. Unshorn market lambs are 90 to 104. Feeder lambs are $1 to $2. Ewes are 55 to a dollar. Small goats are 10 to $160. Medium goats are 75 to $302. Large goats are 160 to $480. And nanny goats are 50 to $320. And let's take a look at our futures markets. Our live cattle markets are for October 145.72 and a half. Up twenty two and a half cents. December one fifty ninety down seven and a half cents. And February one fifty five and a quarter up fifteen cents. Our feeder cattle markets futures for September one seventy nine ninety five um up seventy five cents. October one eighty two thirty up one dollar and five cents. November one eighty three fifty two and a half up 77 and a half cents and January 184 97 and a half up 72 and a half cents and that market is trending upwards our lean hog carcasses for October 96 47 and a half a down 42 and a half cents December 88 dollars and 15 cents up 17 and a half cents February 91 92 and a half up 27 and a half cents and let's take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Our December corn is sitting at $6.83, up $0.05. Cents. Oats for December is at $4.01, down a penny. Soybeans for November are up $0.05 cents at fourteen sixty six. Soybean meal for October, October is $438 a ton, up $0.01. Cent. Wheat for December is at Nine dollars and fourteen cents, up four and a half cents. And rolling on over to our dairy markets, barrels are at two dollars and ten cents, two dollars and ten and a half cents, up one and a quarter cents. Forty pound blocks are two dollars five cent, five and a quarter cents, down three quarters of a cent. And gray double A butter, three dollars and fifteen and a quarter cents, up two cents. And our class three milk for September is nineteen ninety up two cents. October is up nine cents to twenty one fifty four, and November is up a penny to twenty one forty three. December is twenty one forty six down four cents, and January is at twenty one twelve up three cents. And that trend for that market is pretty steady. A lot, not a lot of change that's going into the new year. We're going to be hearing from Doctor Kurt Vogel. He is the one that's spearheading the new curriculum that's being set up for high school students to get them exposed to the meat industry and what some of the careers that are available in the meat industry beyond working in a processing plant. And that's where I went on Friday up to UW River Falls 
and learned a whole lot more about it. And I was just actually really surprised at what it was. I thought it was going to be something totally different, but it really is a curriculum that's being set up through the UW system, and it's going out there to high school students and going to ag classrooms where the ag teachers can use that information. So here we go. Let's hear from Kurt, Dr. Kurt Vogel. So the wax truck ran on up to River Falls to check out the Meat Talent Development Program that is being developed as a curriculum. And I had the opportunity to talk to Kurt Vogel. He is an associate professor up here for the animal and food science. You kind of got things going, but when did you really hit the road running to get this all started? We found our start with developing this um, high school curriculum project back in April, really. So that's shortly after Governor Evers had made the announcement of $5 million in funding to develop talent for the Wisconsin meat industry. Shortly after that, uh, some representatives from the Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection pulled uh, some folks from some of our ag universities together, and we talked about ways that we could help to develop a workforce to support our meat industry. And one of the ideas that came up was uh, engagement with high schools. So we developed the idea of building some high school curriculum that could be plugged in, and it just so happened that everything sort of fell together that we had the right people in the right place at the right time. I mentioned you're not doing this alone. You've got graduate students helping you along the way, kind of the feet on the ground. The idea to get it into the high schools, is this going to be a curriculum that can be run as a semester, or how long are we talking? We're talking 10 days. So we've got a, a essentially a two-school-week module, so five days per week, uh, that includes lectures and lecture recordings. Um, we've got quizzes. We'll have an exam. Uh, we also have some hands-on laboratory experiences that will be pre-built. And so an ag teacher that would adopt this curriculum is essentially following sort of a cake mix type of experience where everything is right there, boxed up and ready to go for them. All they need to do is unpack the pieces and assemble it. Would it be a benefit for them to have experience in the meat industry before they get this? Or do you think they'll be able to start out and run with it? We're, we're building from the perspective that they don't. And if they do, then they have the ability to add to it. But our objective here is to build a foundation, if you will. And then from there, the individual instructor can add what they want to on top of that. And looking at that foundation, is there going to be opportunities in the future to make it go further? Uh, yeah, I think that's there. I think a lot of that's going to end up falling to the local level with the individual instructors as they develop relationships with their local processors and other supporting businesses to the meat industry. They may find ways that they can help to add to it. As far as we go as part of this, um, our role in it is to develop that foundational content, and it's just impossible to predict what the future might hold from there. The goal really is to get some more bodies in the meat industry and the processing industry, correct? That's a part of it. And then on the other side of it, it's to give people opportunities to careers that can support them for the long term. If you really look at it, there are two primary industries that globally we always need more people for, and those are healthcare and food production because people will get sick and people will eat. And so the way we see it is that this is also a way that we can help society in general by pointing people toward a place where there's more opportunity for careers that will last them for the long haul. 
And that was Mr. Kurt Vogel, associate professor up here at UW-River Falls, Animal Food Science Program. And I'm Joe Welke. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And that was Dr. Kurt Vogel from UW-River Falls giving us a little bit of insight on how that money is being spent for that grant. Let's take a look at our crop progress report. Even with a faster-than-average start, U.S. corn harvest slowed last week and fell slightly behind the average pace. 7% of the nation's corn has been harvested, with Texas leading the way at 68% harvested, while Iowa and Illinois are at 2% each. Corn crop is rated 52% good to excellent, down 1% from last week, but 7% below last year, with 87% of the crop dented, just 1% behind the average, and 40% of the corn crop is in the mature stage. But that is 5% the fi- behind the five-year average. Soybean harvest is just getting started with 3% complete across the U.S., 2% behind last year's pace and the five-year average. Harvest has started in Nebraska, the Dakotas, Minnesota, and Indiana. But there are some southern states that are, you know, quite a ways farther along with their harvest. Soybean crop condition is rated 55% good to excellent, but that's down 1% from last week and 3% below last year's rating. 42% of the soybeans are dropping leaves. That's 5% behind the five-year average. But here in Wisconsin, corn condition is rated 77% good to excellent, down 1% from last week. 96% of the corn crop is in the dough stage or beyond. That's one day behind last year, but seven days ahead of the five-year average. 78% of the corn is in the dense stage, eight days behind last year. With 23% of the corn mature, three days behind last year and one day behind the average, corn for silage harvest is at 20% complete, eight days behind last year and six days behind the average. Soybean condition is 77% good to excellent. Coloring is 72%, five days behind last year's. 18% of soybeans are dropping their leaves, eight days behind last year and five days behind the average. 97% of the oat crop has been harvested. Potato condition is at 94% good to excellent and 45% harvested. Topsoil moisture is rated 90% adequate to surplus, 9% short, and 1% very short. So that's made quite a change from being in the 70s and the adequate to surplus up way up into the 90s. And that really goes to show you how big of an effect that rain can have on us in a quick, in a big hurry. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Pam and Don Boosie from the National Ag Statistics Service and about a survey that's coming out here at the end of the year. Let's get some more chores done. 2023, we're looking to get a new farm bill, but maybe more. Bob Bosol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And while Congress, Pam, is going to be debating farm issues and farm policy, the folks at uh, National Ag Statistics are going to be looking at some other things next year. Well, yeah, Bob. And, you know, actually what they're looking at is what elected officials will be looking at when they put the 2023 Farm Bill together, at least the beginning. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yonk in southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. So 
by the time that we get to the Thanksgiving meal, you should start watching your mailbox and your email box for the 2022 Census of Agriculture. They are going to be mailing it out with uh, paper questionnaires as well as follow-through emails. They are reaching out to farm operations of all sizes, urban and rural, that sold or produced somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,000 of agricultural goods or more in 2022. Now, this is nothing new, but I'll tell you what, the value of that information continues to climb. That's according to Don Bice. He's actually one of the chief planners for the Census of Agriculture, and he says that again this year, this information for a lot of different reasons, incredibly valuable. Well, that's absolutely right. Um, the fact is the, this country uh, produces an abundance of ag products. Uh, the 2017 Census of Agriculture, I believe, was right around just under $400 billion of agriculture products produced. So we're looking to see how, how we stack up against that from five years ago, this time along, along with just a number of, of different producers we have um, we had about 3 million-plus producers last uh, census, so we're looking to see if we if, the, if that measure changes. Um, it's, a, it's a long form, a lot of different questions in it, a lot of different information, but it really is uh, the most comprehensive ag statistics, official statistics available uh, to really tell a story about the U.S. agriculture, especially a snapshot in time. Um, I want to talk just briefly about a couple of new items that are on the census form, if I, if I can, and, and one of them includes uh, precision agriculture. Um, we're uh, responding to an emerging trend of getting more precise with, uh, with our inputs as, as they're associated with uh, crop production and, and raising livestock. So we're interested in getting some information about that, that this time. We also added a question specific to hemp. Um, because the hemp production now has changed in, in this country. So um, we're constantly looking for ways to improve the data set and uh, responding to emerging trends is certainly one of the ways we do that. Right. And I also see that the Internet, access to the Internet, I think sometimes for people that may be in a urban metropolitan setting, they take it for granted. But, boy, that, uh, that big question mark on Internet access is a big one for production agriculture. That's right, Pam. I mean, absolutely. I mean, th- we are in a digital age, and so uh, we'd like to use the census to uh, to find some maybe some what we call deserts of technology areas uh, by geographic region. That information, and when you overlay it on a map, suddenly pr- provides this visual representation of where some areas out there that might be these deserts, and and that can certainly um, go a long ways towards directing uh, policies and and funding, for that matter, for uh, for those specific areas, which is, you know, that's, that's what we have with a sense of agriculture, really getting down to that localized area, down to that county level. It's, that's about as low as, you, as, as, as granular as you can get with, with our data. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, uh, didn't uh, the census, I, I don't want to say broaden its scope, but uh, I know that there was a major focal point on trying to reach out to female producers, uh, also, you know, smaller operations that might be out there. Maybe go over the qualifications to be involved with the census of agriculture. Uh, that's a great question, and in fact, very, very timely. That's that's still one of the major changes that we've had for the census. It was new uh, to the 2017 census of agriculture, but it's important to get that second set of data, that second data point, so you can see how things have changed over time. But yes, in 2017, we changed. We moved away from the idea of an operator to the idea of a producer to be more inclusive and and get 
more at those people that maybe didn't think they were a farm, like say say somebody handled the books or somebody operated a farm stand. Uh, they may not have thought of themselves as the farm or the farm operator, but they, in fact, are making decisions, and we want to make sure we capture information about those to really sort of expand the scope of, of how uh, how impactful census of agri- or excuse me, agriculture is um, to not only just, you know, the family farm and those farmers out there, but the rural economy in general. Dan Bice along with us, chief of the Census Planning Bureau at uh, USDA National Ag Statistical Service. So, Don, let's talk a little bit more about uh, where this information gets used. I always immediately think of policy development, but I'm sure I'm missing out on some of the other areas where they need this kind of information, and it does not compromise farmers' uh, information. It still remains confidential. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, we are. We are, as a statistical agency, we are very proud, proudful of our um, ability to make sure that there's no individual data that is disclosed. So uh, the data will be shown only in in uh, aggregate form, and so um, we take our confidentiality pledge very seriously and sign an agreement every year that we will do our best to make sure that uh, that takes place or that that nothing like that is disclosed for an individual. Um, Beyond that, I think that uh, you, you take a look at, at some of the, the data products that we have available already from previous census, censuses, and you'll get an idea of, of, of the abundance of data that we make available. But it goes beyond just policies. I mean, I, I, I get a kick out a lot of times um, helping out, um, you know, a junior high person that uh, is, is doing a report in it on uh, something agriculture. So, you know, it's a wide range of, of, of data, data users out there, and we're happy to, to uh, fulfill any of those data, uh, data requests. But we really do get a, a lot of satisfaction out of knowing that this is informing farm policy. You know, a policy comes out. There's a couple things that happen. First of all, they want to try to measure what the changes uh, has the impact of that policy has been. But before that, they oftentimes a policy is established and they need some data to decide whether or not that 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 it's even worth pursuing due to the number of people involved that it might impact. So we get involved in all those things and and we're happy to to provide any data we can to help inform all that. Well, and all the more important as we get ready to start uh, potentially writing another farm bill. Now, what is the start and end date for the twenty? 22 census of agriculture done well in november late november it'll be around november 22nd we'll put out our first mailing and that'll be actually an invitation to report online we're pushing uh, for our online response um, it's fast it's convenient it's secure uh, so that'll come out towards the tail end of, of november uh, we will send paper questionnaires out in december but i want to tell all those farmers and ranchers out there that if you get your form in in those first couple mailings that you get We'll stop bothering you. So we'd like to get. Uh, we're going to start in November, and we like push hard to get uh, to get everybody we can before the deadline uh, of February sixth. Right, and like you said, you do follow up. This is uh, an honest responsibility on uh, the farmer, the growers that are out there. I know I've I've filled ours out for my home farm, and you do have to give yourself some time to complete it officially. Well, I'm glad to hear that you you take time to fill it out. Yeah, we can't express that uh, enough that, you know, the data is only going to be as good as as what's reported. Um, and so because of the because of the importance of getting every single response possible, we do tend to um, extend beyond the, the the deadline of February of uh, February 6, 2023. We'll continue to to go out and try to get as many responses as we can. 
But getting those da- that data in early obviously helps us and, and makes us a, little, a lot more efficient. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll take that this opportunity right now not only to thank you, but all thank in advance to all the farmers and ranchers out there for reporting. But the data is, is important, and I just emphasize so much. You know, we, we live in a... U.S. is a, a big, a lot of the U.S. is an, uh, a service economy, but, but we should be very proud of, of all the agriculture that's produced. Now, if I'm somebody that feels like I qualify to be involved in the census of agriculture, Don, but maybe I haven't been a part of the mailings in the past, what guidance can you give, give them to allow them to be a part of this process? Well, at this point, we're gonna we do a lot of list building, but at this point, um, we are, we are in the process of sort of locking down our list. Now, there are procedures in place. So, uh, at this point, if you have not uh, heard from from us, I should say when when November and December rolls around, if you have not gotten a census of agriculture, we're gonna ask you to. Well, you can get some information online, but we're gonna ask you to reach out to your local regional field office of, of USDA NAS, and they'll get you in the hand, get a questionnaire in your hands and get that data that data that's so vital for us and. and and then we'll take care because we, we're not going to turn anybody away who's willing to provide us data about their farm. Uh, I should also say that a lot of people don't think of themselves as farmed um, because of a low rule of definition of a, a farm. But um, if you get a form and you're not a farm, fill out the information anyway, report that you're, you know you didn't farm, and send it back in. So anybody that's, that gets a form should respond regardless of whether they have any ag activity or not. Yeah, that's part of the story, too. Again, Don Bice joining us, Chief of the Census Planning Branch at the U.S. Department of Agriculture National Ag Statistical Service. So, again, grower. And that was Pam Yonke really giving us up-to-date information on looking for those surveys. And it's so important to get that data back because that helps us out in the in the planning of the farm programs and and everything in need. It's just it's a lot of numbers that keep keep need to keep piling up. We're going to be hearing from Rocky next after we get a few more chores done. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And I've got Rocky Olson Premier, Premier Livestock on the line. You said their lightning show was over at your house too. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's sound like a little hail mixed in it sounded like we had pretty heavy rain. Well, I guess that uh, it's going to spread out a little bit. and uh, But I think we're supposed to warm up pretty good today yet. Yep, and then it's going to get cold, right? All right, so let's hear what's happening over in Premier Livestock. Uh, thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We did sell over 900 head of livestock. High choice and prime Holstein steers, steady to strong, 136 to 145. Uh, select and low choice, 124 to 135. Choice beef steers and heifers, 135 to 148. Market cows strong, high yielding cows from 82 to 95. Many cows from 68 to 81. Market bulls high yielding from a dollar to a dollar 16. Lower yielding 99 and down. Organic market cows were on a light test, mostly from 90 to 115. The calf market was steady to strong. Most of the Holstein bull calves brought from 75 to 170 per head. Your beef calves, 150 to 400. Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 50. Today, Tuesday, we get our special feeder cattle auction. We're expecting 500 to 700 head of feeder cattle. Uh, we also have two complete beef herd dispersals and many other consignments of uh, bred beef cows. Uh, we'll have red Angus cows, black Angus, Herefords, and some Charlotte crosses. Bread beef cows sell first at 11 o'clock a.m. 
feed your cattle to follow. If you're selling your bred beef cows, they do need to be in before 9.30 a.m. this morning for preg checks. Tomorrow, Wednesday, that'll be our dairy cattle auction. we got three complete herd dispersals for that auction. Uh, herd number one, we're going to have 100 Holstein cows. Tie stall cows, uh, 40 years of AI breeding. They're AAA mated, uh, 75-pound tank average on test, plus another herd of 50 parlor freestall cows and, a, and uh, another smaller tie stall herd. We've got a very big run of spring and heifers uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll be expecting 75 to 100 spring and heifers. Full details uh, with pictures on all these auctions coming up at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, questions anytime, all the time, give us a call. We're in the country every day looking at cattle, too. Uh, 715-229-2500 and don't forget uh, for these auctions uh, today, tomorrow uh, the online bidding is available through Cattle USA, you do need to pre-register for that and uh, that is the way it's shaped up here at Premier Does it look like you're going to get a lot of beef cows in through that for that sale? Yeah, well, we've got two herds already and a lot of consignment so yeah, kind of be our kickoff bread beef cow sale so yeah, I really don't need any more, so sorry. Ah, I... sounds like a good idea. You ain't even got to come. <laughs> I can buy for you, or you can just buy online. Oh, you're just so generous. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you. That was Rocky from Premier Livestock. And we're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be rolling. Oh, maybe we'll better roll over and see if Mike is ready for us. Mike, are you in the office? I am always ready, Jill. I know. Well, I was watching. <laughs> I saw you were out on the patio, so I thought maybe I better slow down just a little bit before I push up that lever. Oh, no worries. There's been times where, uh, you know, when I, I do these with Bob, I'll be out on the patio, and if I see that it's like 534 when I'm done, I will book it into here and try to catch my breath while I'm talking, which that is uh, that is not an easy task to do, to say the least. Ah, but you're so talented. <laughs> well, thank you. You flatter me, Jill. <laughs> and you had a big event this weekend. Everything went off without a hit. Oh, everything was fantastic. I, uh, for those that don't know, I uh, I got married, tied the knot with Anna, and uh, man, oh man, it was just a beautiful wedding. And uh, kind of sad that it's over. <laughs> well, it is kind of a quite a build up, but yeah. I'm- I'm sure you enjoyed yourself, and I'm sure your guests were very satisfied. Oh, they were, and uh, we got a little taste of some fall weather out of it because it was a little bit cooler in St. Cloud uh, on Friday than it was uh, than it was here. But we'll all get a taste of fall later this week, but not quite the case today. We'll have these showers and storms roll through in the early morning, but otherwise it'll give way to a good bit of sunshine with mid-80s for our highs and dew points into the upper 60s and low 70s. It is going to feel more like July than September, but later tonight, that cold front will work its way through. Maybe a stray shower, but otherwise we'll have partly to mostly clear conditions with lows dipping to the upper 50s. And that kickstarts our fall pattern. Wednesday and Thursday, both uh, filled with sunshine with temperatures into the upper 60s for tomorrow and low 60s for Thursday. Friday brings us a slight chance at some showers, and temperatures will really struggle to get out of the 50s. We'll be mostly topping out around the 60-degree mark, and then we'll have uh, mostly sunny conditions for Saturday, upper 60s, and Saturday night and Sunday brings us a couple more chances at some showers with highs into the uh, low 60s. Some of our overnight lows, especially going into Thursday night and Friday morning, may even approach the upper 30s. And uh, going into Monday, still hanging on to some cooler temperatures, plenty of sunshine and uh, low 60s. And right now, well, we're actually warmer than we're expected to get on Monday with a temperature of 64 in Eau Claire and a little bit of drizzle at the moment, but other places obviously seeing a little bit more of a light show. 
Yeah, that light show was something when I came in this morning. Absolutely, and uh, heard a few rumbles of thunder out of that, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we could always use a little bit more rain, right? Yeah, just a little. Let's just uh, kind of top it off for the year. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and that was Mike Dandria from TV 13 Weather. And we're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Morgan. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our local weather is brought to us by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Pretty sober day here in Eau Claire with uh, the funeral services for Ron Kramer. Um, but let's hear what Morgan has to say. Good morning, Morgan. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. The goodbyes continue. Our flags are lowered to honor the life of Sheriff Ron Kramer. And today is the funeral for him. He unexpectedly died last week, and today's funeral will begin this morning at Trinity Lutheran Church. There was a public visitation last night, and we'll continue with details this morning. As we look at other headlines from across the state, state records show a history of problems at a Waukesha school at the center of a child abuse investigation. Wisconsin's Department of Children's and Families website shows 59 violations at the Lawrence school since January of 2020. Those violations include everything from health and safety standard problems to one case where workers found a loaded gun inside of the school's office. Now the state has revoked the school's license. Police began investigating the school after a report that a teacher slammed a special needs child into a crib mattress, then held him there until the boy started to wheeze. That teacher and three others who didn't report the abuse were all arrested last week. While the wheels on the bus move slower than planned, at least at the new transit hub in Eau Claire, more expensive and will take longer to complete. Is that what we have as the latest, John? Planners yesterday said the new home for buses in the city won't open until at least June of 2024. The hub was supposed to open in September of next year. Eau Claire Economic Development Director Aaron White says the project's been challenging from the get-go and continues being challenging today. I'm John DeMaster. Let's take a peek onto the political stage in our state. Governor Evers says the partnership between state and local governments is critical to Wisconsin's success. He spoke at the Wisconsin Counties Association and annual conference in Madison saying... Partnership is important and we want to make sure that that partnership uh, continues but also has some major dollars for it. We'll show you different sides so you can decide across the aisle. Evers faces Republican business executive Tim Michaels in November with Michaels telling counties that he'll work to address crime, particularly in Milwaukee. I know in the past people have said Republicans say that Milwaukee is the problem. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Milwaukee has a problem and it can be solved. We can do better. And I will work with anybody to make Milwaukee better, to make the state better. The latest Marquette poll had 47% of respondents supporting Evers, 44% favoring Michaels, which was within the poll's margin of error. And there's another report of a gator in another Wisconsin park. The state's DNR said it had searched a pond at Regal Family Farm, and after getting reports of an alligator, they didn't find anything, but they do believe there is a gator in that pond, likely a pet that was released. Now they're looking to get uh, that gator on land. Speaking of gators, we'll see you later, just after 6, when Alex Edwards and the Wax Morning Show takes over. But now, away from the pond and back to the barn, we send into Jill Welke in the Midwest Farm Show. A live, local, and right along with you on Wax 104.5. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Before we move on over to the markets, I'm going to do one more story from the farm news. On Friday, DADCAP Secretary Randy Romanski, along with UW-River Falls staff, Dean Dale Gollenberg, Dr. Steve Kelm, Dr. Kurt Vogel, Dr. Jim Graham, and Hannah Olson presented information on the new curriculum they're developing 
with the grant received from the Meat Talent Development Program that Governor Evers created. Project Director Dr. Kurt Vogel commented on developing the idea through a group conversations between multiple UW campuses and DATCAP. Graduate student Hannah Olson is a key player in the project by creating much of the curriculum. Along with the, along with the guidance of Dr. Vogel, Hannah has developed a 10-day curriculum for high school ag education teachers to use in their classroom. The project will start with the basics of the meat industry, followed by a more in-depth look, with the final focus on all the careers available related to the meat industry. The project has the goal to light a spark in high school students as to careers available out there in the meat industry beyond working in a processing plant. Dr. Vogel and his staff are planning to start a pilot program in 6 to 10 high school ag education classrooms as early as late this fall or early next year. It's really exciting to hear their plans for the grant. It's going to be a lot of hands-on information and really good to lighting that spark out there to really show kids that there is so much more than just being a meat cutter. There's for the marketing, there's working with the public and the food and safety, and it's just a lot of information out there. It was very interesting to be part of that event, and I have... You heard from Dr. Kurt Vogel earlier this morning that I had got the interview from, and they're just really excited to, you know, moving from the university into the high school. And there's also mention of the technical colleges being involved. It's just really a great curriculum that's getting started to make people more aware. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be going to Sparta and hearing from Hut Eamon. It's quarter to six, 64 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Hut Eamon and Sparta Equity. The Fed Cattle Selling Study today with the Highland Choice Beef Shares and Heifers 148 to 156. The Choice and Select Beef Shares and Heifers 137 to 147. The Dairy Cross Steers 132 to 146. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 138 to 145. The Choice and Select Holstein Steers 127 to 137 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and Heavy Steers 126 and down. Cow Market Study with the Highland Cows 80 to 90 with the top of 96. The Cutters and Utilities 64 to 79 with the low yielding and canner cows. 63 and down. Organic market today with results from the September 19th sale with most organic cows selling steady to lower with the most organic cows 96 to 116 with the thin and small organic cows 75 to 95 with the organic steers and heifers 115 to 125. Bull market steady with most bulls 93 to 108 with the thin full bulls over a ton discounted at 92 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the whole team bull calves bringing from 80 to 150. The quality of Holstein heifer calves thirty to a dollar. The quality beef calves two hundred to three fifty. With the light and poor quality calves ten to sixty cents per pound. Just a reminder: our next sale will be Wednesday, September twenty first, starting at ten a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut Eamon to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And I've got Jerry... Got to push the right button. I've got Jerry Fitzgerald on the line from Equity Stratford. You said it was pretty good light. Show it your way. Joe, good morning to you. Yeah, I hope everyone is safe out there because uh, Mother Nature put on a really a fantastic show here about the last... Uh, 
know, about the last two and a half hours or so, so a lot of a lot of lightning and thunder, and it's kind of moving off now, but there's still folks, a lot of folks in eastern Marathon County are getting rain now, but uh, I didn't go out and look at the rain gauge. But anyway, uh, that's uh, kind of moving on through, so, but uh, colder weather on tap, I guess, so. Yep, and it's just seeing that it's first day of fall here is on Thursday, so it's time to settle things down. Yep. Well, in the meantime, we better uh, update the folks on what happened here at Stratford yesterday. I'll, why don't I just go ahead and do that? Absolutely. All right, Jill, thank you, and good morning, everyone. Uh, summary from yesterday, Monday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the conventional cow market yesterday. Uh, I was on a fully steady, uh, fully steady trend yesterday. Uh, High-yielding, fleshy, TMR-fed Holstein cows, top-quality beef cows yesterday, selling from 77 up to the top of 93.5. Most of the cows yesterday selling between 60 and 76. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, below 60. Organic cows will be sold today, so we'll move into the bull market from yesterday. Most of the better-quality bulls are 95 to 108. Lighter bulls below 90. On the calf market yesterday, good quality Holstein bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds, selling from 75 to 185 with a top at 190. Uh, lighter weight calves below 60. Heifer calves yesterday, uh, mostly 50 and below. Good quality beef calves, 175 to 400. Very active on those beef calves yesterday, topping at 425. And we are at Tuesday at Stratford here today. We start at 10 o'clock this morning with the hay auction. Again, we have a very nice selection of hay for you folks, and uh, you folks are looking for small squares. We have those. In fact, we have a real nice consignment of small squares, third crop small squares, uh, large squares of third crop and second crop. So a good selection of hay. That will be at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. We'll move into the uh, dairy auction here today at Stratford. Uh, also, uh, this morning we will sell organic market cattle, and those will be followed by the conventional market. And uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday in Stratford, feeder cattle sale. That'll be a noontime start. And along with our um, regular marketing on Wednesday, of course, we sell most of our fed cattle on Wednesday also. You want to mention here, uh, coming up here in just uh, two weeks will be our uh, special bread beef cow sale, October 5th. Uh, we're taking consignments for that. Uh, so if you folks want, I got bread beef cows to sell on that particular day, you just let us know. We'll put them on the list for you. Again, that will be... October 5th at 12 noon. So, Jill, that's what we have this morning. Again, folks, I uh, hope everybody's safe out there this morning. Uh, a lot of nasty weather, and, uh, well, hopefully by the time the buses come, maybe the rain will be gone through. So, anyway, we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow morning, Jill, and you have a nice day. You as well. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford with some updates. We're going to look a little bit at the calendar Today, there's a burndown day at Provision Partners on County Road A in Hickston, starting at 10 and going till 1. Tomorrow, there's a state FFA land and soil judging contest, and that is at Southwest, Techni Southwest Technical College in Fenimore. So that's a state, um, state FFA land and soil judging contest. Here on Thursday, we've got some workshops happening in Pierce County, there's a soil and health workshop uh, starting on Thursday, starting at 9.30 and going till 3 o'clock at the Hooper Brother Farms in River Falls. There's also farm management series in at the Holman Community Center to, uh, September 22nd. That's Thursday, and that's from 6 to 7 p.m. You need to call Holman Community Center to register and the, the, on Friday... 
There's um, you need to have your NRCS um, proposals into your proposals that are linked to the NRCS into that uh, office by Friday. If you're going to do some of the programs that conservation programs, boy, easy for somebody else to say, not me this morning. The Beef in the Classroom grant applications opened up on Monday, and they're going to be going till October 1st. And that, you contact the Wisconsin Beef Council, and that's teachers in um, the Ag Classroom, as well as what used to be called the Home Ec Classroom, the Home and Family Consumer Ed Classroom, can contact the Wisconsin Beef Council and see about getting beef into their classroom that they can use in their curriculum. We're going to do a little bit more uh, chores, and then we're going to be hearing the last of the markets. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're almost done with those little chores. Let's take a final look at our uh, markets. Chicago Board of Trade corn for December's at six eighty-three, and that's up five cents. Oats for December's at four hundred one, down a penny. Soybeans for November at fourteen sixty-six, that's up five cents. And soybean meal for October's at four hundred thirty-eight dollars a ton, up one cent. Wheat for December's at nine fourteen, that's up four and a half cents. Country elevator prices: Golden Plump in Arcadia is at six twenty-eight. Baldwin. 623 for their corn, 1386 for soybeans. Duran, 613 for corn, 1376 for soybeans. Mondovi, 618 and 1386. Elmwood, 623, 1391. Fall Creek is at 608 and 1361 for soybeans. Osseo, 628 for corn and 1391 for soybeans. Elk Mound is 628 for corn, 1394 for their soybeans. Sparta, 669 and 1396 with Ellsworth at 603 for their corn and 1361 for the soybeans. Our ethanol plants in Boyceville, they're at 643 for their corn. Stanley's at 632. New Richmond's at 630. And rolling on over to our cheese prices. Barrels are at Two ten and a half up one and a quarter cents. Forty pound blocks are two oh five and a quarter down three quarters of a cent. Gray double A butter is at three fifteen and a quarter up two cents. Class three milks for September is at nineteen ninety up two cents. October's twenty one fifty four up nine cents. November is up a penny at twenty one forty three and December is down four cents at twenty one forty six and January is at twenty one twelve up three cents. And that market seems to be pretty pretty steady into the new year. We've got a little bit more chores to be done and then we're gonna wrap and we're gonna wrap it up right now though. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and harvest is starting. Slow down, give those farmers time. They have families out there too that they want to get home to. And that's what I have for you for this Tuesday morning. Jill Welke signing off from Wax 104.5. It is 64 degrees out there, and our high today is going to head up to 84. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at waxradio.com.